If you have a Bible this morning, I want you to find two places. And so find Matthew chapter 18, put your finger in that spot, and then flip to Luke chapter 18, which is not that far away from that. So Matthew chapter 18 and Luke chapter 18, and we will get there um, in just a few minutes. I am excited for the next uh, few minutes that we have together uh, as I just really get to share what God has been moving and speaking to me about uh, this morning, we're going to look at two different encounters with Jesus, and uh, both have to do with the disciples, and both have to do with children. And, and I believe that as we look at this, and as we, uh, as we dive into this today, if you will open up your heart, if you will kind of sit here in a way expectant, uh, I believe that anytime that we open the Bible, you have an opportunity to hear from God and to experience Him through His very Word. And that's just who we are here as a church. We are a Bible-believing, uh, Bible-based church. And so we believe that there is power in the Word of God. And so let's do that. Take some notes. I want to challenge you to become someone who takes notes. Bring your Bible, whether it's on a phone, write some things down. I was at this little conference this week, Monday and Tuesday, and sat in uh, amazing, incredible, powerful church services for two full days in a row and the notes that I took and, and what God did through me, even as I was looking over those things uh, this week and saying, wow, this was something special. And sometimes it can be so much information at one time that it's a little bit overwhelming. And so that's why writing something down, uh, okay, I've, I'm going to not hit this with a stick anymore. But take some notes, please. It's a big deal. All right, there we go. Enough of that. Uh, will you stand with me all over this place? And we're going to read both passages of Scripture back to back uh, to kind of get us started. We'll start with Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. And let's start in verse number 15. Luke 18, 15. Here's what it says. It says, One day some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. Then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. Verse 17, I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Wow, here we go. All right, now uh, flip over to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, uh, starting in verse number 1. Very similar, but a little bit different. We're going to read this one as well. Matthew 18, 1 says, About that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as, these little, as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. God, we pray right now that as we look at this, as we open your very word, and as we talk this through, Lord, we just pray for something so significant to happen in this moment. God, I pray that you would use me. I pray that this would not just be my ideas and my thoughts and my stories, but God, that you would come through in such a clear and such a powerful way. And so God, we give this time to you. We ask for you to move and it's in your name we pray. Amen, amen. All right, give somebody a high five and have a seat. 
All right. Turn to the person next to you and say, you got to become kind of like a kid. You got to, you should start acting like a kid. Say that. Start acting like a kid. Yeah, there we go. But seriously, for a moment, do you ever wish sometimes that you could go back to when you were a kid? Like, come on, uh, totally free of responsibilities of any kind, uh, like all of your needs being met by other people. Come on, somebody, that sounds glorious to me. I love that. All I had to do was scream in my crib and my mom would come running. That's what I'm talking about. Drinking in bed. I'm all set. All right, there we go. Never mind. Okay. Uh, my earliest memories of like come from when my family lived in a city called Detroit Lakes, a little bit north of here. And this would have been when I was like two years old to about third grade is when I lived there. And I remember a few different things from that time in my life. Uh, I remember the neighborhood kids. Did any of you grow up in a neighborhood that was filled with kids? Okay, some of us. And I remember going outside and playing all day long every day. Uh, it's just what we did. We were in one neighbor's house and then another neighbor's house and then we were playing over here and we'd play baseball in the front yard. In fact, in my yard we had this huge, huge pine tree that was like right in the middle of our yard and we used to call it Kirby Puckett Pine Tree. I don't know. We were, we were not that cool. And we would play baseball right there and we'd hit the ball into Kirby Puckett Pine Tree. Uh, I remember that so well. At one point I remember getting on my bike and riding my bike with a neighbor kid about three or four miles to the baseball card shop, which was awesome back then. You could go into a baseball card shop and for 50 cents you'd get a pack of baseball cards and not only would you get baseball cards, you would get a stick of gum with it. Yeah, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. It was not good gum. It was this rotten, hard thing that you put in your mouth. that used to come inside packs of baseball cards, not even like sealed in anything, and we would eat it and it would fall apart in our mouth and it was nasty, but we loved it. Uh, so fantastic. I was thinking about this this week. It's kind of crazy. This would have been second or third grade and I'm riding my bike on the highway with my friends for three or four miles. I, like, I'm, I would never let my kids do that now. Our, our world has like weirdly changed in that. Uh, but I also remember swinging on our backyard swing set and me and my sister used to sing these songs as we swung, if that's a word, okay? And we used to sing one, two, three, count those trees. That was the whole song. I don't know what, we were not very good at songwriting at that point. And then, and then I would say to her, I would turn to her and I'd say, Kelly has smelly jelly in her belly. And then she would go run and cry to mom and dad. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, to be a kid again. Yes, there we go. Uh, a few moments ago, we read two different passages of scripture, very similar scriptures, but in a way a different stories completely. Uh, and so here's what I want to do. But both, both of these situations, children are kind of the illustration that Jesus uses. And as we kind of go through these, and we're going to just go through these scripture one by one, verse by verse, and talk them out. And then we're going to kind of get somewhere at the end. And I'm excited about this because I, like, I just feel like God did something in me this week as I was putting this together. And so here we go. Let's talk these out a little bit. 
and see what God has for us today, okay? Uh, starting in the Luke story, one day some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering them. Story number one, picture this with me, massive crowd of people following Jesus everywhere he goes. We've been talking about this week after week after week, like thousands of people. Uh, Jesus is teaching them. Jesus is healing people. Miraculous things are happening. And so more people and more people are coming. And in our story right here, we, we have the disciples. And in a way, the disciples kind of have become the bouncers for Jesus, the little bodyguards. Not, not that Jesus wanted them to do this, but, but we see that play out in a way here where these parents start bringing their babies and their little children to Jesus. And it says that the disciples saw this begin to happen and they begin to scold the parents, which sounds like a crazy thing to do, doesn't it? I mean, th this is really the situation. We have, okay, Jesus here, the disciples here. The disciples are thinking he's important. He matters. His ministry and what he's doing, really big deal stuff. Parents, he doesn't really have time to touch your kid and say, bless you. Like, he doesn't have time for this. Let's, let's let him do the important things. And so the disciples are over here telling the parents to go away, okay? And uh, it's like, don't waste their time in this way. And then Jesus here responds, verse number 16. He says, then Jesus called for the children. And then he said to the disciples... Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. Now, this is, I love this. This story shows up in, in other places in the Bible as well. Mark chapter 10 is one. And when Mark writes his version of what happened in this story, he actually says this. He says, when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. Like Jesus is angry with the disciples uh, right here. And Jesus says, let the kids come to me. Don't stop them and then he makes this statement the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children the kingdom of God is like those or belongs to those who are like these children and then verse 17 I tell you the truth anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it okay now quickly here let me tell you the story that comes exactly immediately after this one in the Bible because uh, when when, when Matthew kind of puts this together, I think he does this absolutely on purpose, okay? We have the story right here with, the, with Jesus and the children basically saying the least important people in our society, okay, we don't need to talk about history, but history and kids, okay? Not so good. You're kind of waiting for kids to hit puberty in the ancient world, all cultures, okay? Well, very different now. But then he transitions the next story in this, Matthew chapter 18, uh, okay, the next verse says a man walks up to Jesus and basically says, hey, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? This man says, what do I need to do to go to heaven? And the story says that this man was young and this man had great wealth. What we have is a poster child for success in this world. And this man walks up to Jesus, a wealthy young man, and he says, what do I need to do to go to heaven? Jesus has just finished blessing these little children, teaching everyone about become like a child. This man walks up, what do I need? And, here, and here's Jesus' response, Luke 18, 22. When Jesus heard 
his answer. He said, there's still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad for he was very rich. Okay, the kingdom of God is for those that become like a child immediately the next story, success in this world in massive ways. And Jesus is like teaching everybody it's not about, it's not about that, okay? Sell everything you have if you want to follow me. Crazy stuff that we have here. Now to our story in, in Matthew chapter 18, okay? We're going to talk this story through and, and then kind of put it together, all right? Uh, and so here we go, verse number one, different story, same result. Here we go. About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? What we're reading right here is from the book of Matthew, and Matthew was written by Matthew. Who is Matthew, though? This matters. Matthew was one of the disciples of Jesus. What that means is that Matthew traveled with Jesus, heard point, Matthew was present and is telling the story of a place and a thing that he actually saw when he reads that. Now, here's why this matters. This exact story that we're, going to be, that we're looking at right here about the disciples just asking Jesus this, it shows up in two other places in the Bible, in Mark and in Luke. Mark and Luke, neither of them were disciples of Jesus. When they wrote their account of the story of Jesus, they did a whole bunch of research. They interviewed people, they wrote notes, they talked about things, and then they wrote out what they learned from all these people. What's interesting is that the two people that were not there tell the story in a little bit of a different way than the guy who was there. And typically, if that's the information we're given, we're going to be like, I'm going to believe the guy who was there. But let me show you, or let me tell you what Matthew leaves out of the story. I think this is so fantastic, okay? And this is in uh, Mark chapter 9, if you want to look at this, okay? They basic, he writes a story this way, and I don't think I have it on the screen. He says, as they were walking down the streets, the disciples started arguing with each other about who is the greatest. Matthew, who was there, just for some reason, and was arguing, and a part of it, just for some reason decides, I'm going to leave that part out of the story. Like, he's making himself look better. Do you see what's happening? Okay, Mark and Luke both say, the disciples are arguing with each other over which one of them is the greatest. And then from this point on, all three stories are identical. All right, Matthew leaves that part out. And so here we go, verse number two. This is what comes next. Jesus called a little child to him. Put the child among them, okay, disciples. And then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Unless you become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. And he continues, verse 4, so anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. They're arguing about who is the greatest. Jesus says, the one who becomes like a little kid. Okay, so here we go. Luke 18, the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. Matthew 18, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So here's the question for us today. What does it look like for us to become like little children? 
some of you already got this down, right? Some of the wives are like, I, my husband, he knows how to be a big kid. You should see the underwear on the floor. And okay, Never mind, I went too far. All right? Now, there's a, number, there's a number of different ways we could take this, a number of different answers we could have to this question. And so um, at one point it even talks, we use the word humble in one thing. Okay, but I just want to bring up a few observations. As I, was, as I spent some time this week thinking about kids and praying about this, uh, I kind of came to some conclusions, okay? Three things for today. Write these things if you're, if you're taking notes. This is about kids and about us becoming like kids. Are you ready? Number one, children are what I'm going to call fully present. Children are fully present. Some of you are like, I don't know what that means, okay? It sounds like a strange thing to say. Let me unpack this. If you took a group of kids and we brought them up on the stage right now and we had some tables and we gave them paper, and we gave them coloring crayons, and we said, color, okay? Uh, that's all the instruction they needed. They would sit down, and they would start making us pages and papers. Now, if we could magically scan their brains as they colored to figure out what it was that they were thinking about while they colored, you know what we would find? We would find that as they colored, they were thinking about coloring. Yeah, turn to your neighbor and say, this guy is brilliant. Yeah, I know, I know. All right? Uh, like, that's what they would be thinking about. They would not be thinking about the stress of their week. They would not be thinking about tomorrow and all the things that they have to get done. They would not be thinking about the bills that need to be, like, I think that we would find that these kids are fully present, fully engaged in the moment that they were in right there. Okay? As adults, we're not very good at this, are we? And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, here's the way that most adults live. We're right here, but our mind is actually someplace else. And we're right here, but our mind is over here. And you know what happens when we finally get over here? Our mind is no longer here. Our mind is actually someplace else. And we live our lives in a way not fully where we are. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say something that is like absolutely brilliant. Get your pens and your phone out and just get ready for this. Okay, this is, you need to hear this right here. Where you are... Be there. Are you with me? Where you are, be there. Be in that spot, okay? Like, it can be very difficult for us to learn how to be fully present. We're, we're home spending time with our families, but our mind is actually still at work. And we miss I'm convinced that we miss incredible, amazing moments in our lives because we're someplace else. Or when we finally get there, we're so obsessed with documenting that moment and taking a selfie and putting it in our face that we miss it. We're missing our lives because we're not there. Or, or, or we waste our time worrying about the future instead of being here right now, worrying about our children, worrying about tomorrow, just worrying. Jesus at one point even says, like, it's a waste of time to worry. 
Can worrying add even a single day to your life is out of the mouth of Jesus. See, to worry is very simply like, it's, it's kind of just to feel terror about the future. Okay? Uh, like, I'm convinced we miss amazing moments because we're not fully present and because we waste our time worrying. Anybody with me? Three of us so far. That's good. Okay? Number two, write this down if you're taking notes. Number two, children forgive and forget. And you know this is true, okay? I have, I have two little girls, even though they're not really that little anymore, because I'm getting old. It's right in front of my eyes. Like I was like, what is happening to me? Okay, but uh, these two, two little girls, they love to play together. They play together all the time. It's beautiful. It's amazing. All day, every day, they play together. And... But it's not without conflict, is it? And those of you who have kids, you know what I'm talking about. It's not without conflict. Uh, even though they play together all day long, they still do hurtful things to each other. Very hurtful things. They say horrible things to each other. It's a common occurrence to have, uh, have them yelling and crying and tattling on each other for the horrendous things that somebody did. Madeline bit my earlobe, Mom. Okay, and the other one says, well, Nora kicked me in the teeth or whatever. Okay, uh, but the amazing, the amazing thing is though they do these hurtful things to each other, though they call each other names and phys physically cause harm to each other and break each other's things on purpose, like, it's amazing though how easy it is for them to just forgive and forget and move on. It, it's absolutely incredible. Nora, did you kick Madeline in the teeth? Yes. Will you please tell her you're sorry? I'm sorry, Madeline, for kicking you in the teeth. Okay, it's all right. Let's go play. And they run back up. And you're like, what is this? This is absolutely amazing. One moment, complete chaos. The next, it's like it never happened. They forgive and forget on the spot. We could, we could spend six months, six months talking about forgiveness in church. Like, it is... It is a massively important issue in the Bible. But for, for the sake of time, just let me say this. Like central to the gospel message of Jesus is a God who made a way, a God who forgave us when we didn't deserve it. That is central to the message of Jesus. And understand this, central to the life of the kingdom of God is learning to forgive people who don't deserve it. It is central. It is right there. It is, it is the kingdom of God being fleshed out in people-to-people -people interaction. It's learning to forgive people that wronged us. The, the Greek word for, for the word forgive literally means to send away. To send the, the picture here is those feelings of revenge, those feelings of even hatred. We, we send those away. It doesn't mean we have to become buddies with people or even like people. What it does mean is that we do not let the bitterness and the hatred fill our lives because you very simply cannot live bitter and filled with hate and love people the way Jesus would have you. Would you agree? Some of you are like, some of you are like, Pastor Kyle, you don't know what they did to me. And you're right, I don't. But don't let what somebody else did to you determine what your life is going to be like. You can be free. 
And this is not easy. This is difficult. But to become like a child, a piece of that is just their incredible ability to just let it go and to just forgive. Yeah, that was good. Come on. Okay. Kids have the amazing ability to forgive and forget. Number three, and we'll kind of stop with this one and we're going to begin to wrap things up. Okay, number three, very simply, kids just have incredible faith. Incredible faith. We even have this saying, childlike faith. You've heard that before? Child, childlike faith. The idea is kid, kids just believe. They just believe. You, you, tell them, you tell them Santa Claus, they're like, yes, yeah, Santa Claus. Okay? You, you understand? They, they, just, they just believe. Even when they shouldn't, they believe. Even when the odds are against them, they just believe. Adults, we're not like this, are we? We're, we're way too rational and way too thinking things through. Like we often, as adults, we often live more in what I would call despair than faith. What is despair? Despair is the feeling that things will never change. That things will never get better. That I'm going to wake up tomorrow and tomorrow is going to be exactly the same is to, as today. And in fact, we, we kind of live in these rerun lifestyles as adults. Where we wake up in the morning and we take a shower and we eat food and we brush our teeth and we put clothes on and we go to work and then we eat lunch and then we work some more and we go home and then we whatever, whatever, and we go to bed and we wake up and we take a shower and okay, you get the idea. And it can feel in a way like our life will never change and our life is exactly the same all the time. Like there, there is something about adventure in the life of a child. Like, like they wake up thinking like, what are we gonna do today? And you'd say, well, the same thing we did yesterday. And they say, yes! I get to color. Incredible. I'm going to go swimming in our little pool again. Woo! And jump in the sprinkler and color some more. Yeah, like, you know, you know what you don't hear? You don't hear like, oh, I'm so tired of those green lines and purple flowers that I'm drawing. You, you don't hear that. I mean, have you ever, have you ever seen a three-year-old sleep in? No, like, have, have you ever seen a two-year-old say, like, I just want some time to myself? Like, understand, like, think about this. There's just something alive in the life of a kid that just says, today is going to be something. And as adults, we, we miss this. As adults, we live in this just kind of junky one day after another. It's so different than the picture that the Bible paints. The Bible says, like, it's new every morning is what the scripture says. And this picture of this abundant life and a, a hope and a future that things are going to change. And we serve a God that changes things. And it, it's absolutely incredible. Okay, and, and think about the way that kids pray. Like, I, I love this. They, they pray like they actually believe God is going to answer their prayer, don't they? And the older we get, we think, well, God, maybe, I don't know, probably not. But if you're bored, you could possibly answer my prayer. Not likely, but maybe, okay? And everything is totally different. A kid's, like, 
we, we pray for someone with our kids and our, and our kids just say, God, I'm, this person got hurt. Will you help them? And then they're like, amen. All right, everything's better now, right? I mean, that's just the way, it's the way that they think. Man, there's no question that when Jesus is talking about becoming like a child, that faith is a central part of that. Music team, will you please come? The kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. And unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. There is something here with Jesus as he's teaching his disciples, as he's, you know, they're, they're jockeying for position, trying to claim who is the greatest and who is the best. This is the way they think. Okay, it's the way that many of us think. But in the reality, God, Jesus teaches this powerful lesson of man. It's in becoming like a child. It's becoming like a child that you find this. That you find this. And maybe, you know, what, what, what does it look like for you to take a step in that direction? Maybe you need to get better at just kind of being fully present. And as I talked about that moment of being fully present, you totally understand this idea of, man, I'm here, but my mind is someplace else. What does it look like for you to move in this direction of where you are? Be there. Be there. Being aware of that. Or maybe you are just gripped by worry and a fear of the future, and you need to begin, you need to, begin to trust God for that. Maybe you need to forgive somebody. Maybe you just need to kind of, in a way, let it go. It doesn't mean that you'd say what you did is okay. It doesn't mean that you even have to go up to somebody and talk to them ever again. There are people in this, in this place who have been abused by people in the past. And you're looking at this and you're saying, they don't deserve to be forgiven. Not for what they did, not for what they said, not for the pain that they caused me in the years of my life that was lost. But I'm, I'm telling you, one person said it this way, they said, when you forgive somebody, it's setting a prisoner free and realizing that prisoner is you. It's you. You are the one. You're, you're walking around carrying this with you, allowing this to destroy things in your very life right now. Or maybe you just need to start believing again that God can do anything. And having this faith, faith of a little child that God can move mountains and get out of my way because my God is on my side. That's so cool. I love that. Please stand with me all over this place. Before we go, I just want us to take just a few moments and kind of pray together. I don't know what it is that God is speaking to you about today, but I believe in a message like this that God is working in individual lives and in individual situations. He's speaking to people. He's encouraging people. He's filling some with hope. He's challenging others and even convicting some of us of some of the junk in our life. Like it is, it is an open-ended situation here of what God is doing and what God wants to do. And there are some of us in this place where you, you are in here today and you kind of have just put up a wall and you are in a way, not allowing God to do anything. And we do that as Christians, we do that even as Americans a lot, where we say, this is my life. And God, 
God is asking us in a way to just kind of drop our guard and to just say, God, I I want your truth in my life. I want what you have for me. I I don't want to get in the way of what you want to do. And so I put my guard down to you today. So Lord, we just open our hearts and we ask that you would speak to us exactly what we need to hear. God, I pray that those in this place today and even those online right now that need encouragement and hope, God, I pray that you would fill us with that. Those that need that very specifically, God, that it, that they would just feel something in a way rising up inside of them saying, I'm here, this is going to be okay. God, for those that need that, Lord, I pray that that would happen right now. God, for for those that, that just feel like life could never get any better, that things could never change, that my situation will always be like this and look like this, Lord, I just pray that we would become aware right now of a God who wants to change things and a God who does miraculous things and and, and, and changes situations in a with a snap of the finger. And so, Lord, I just pray right now that hope would fill those that feel hopeless in this moment even right now. God, I pray, I pray for some of us in this place that need to forgive somebody, that need to let go. God, I understand how hard this is. I understand this is not a, a momentary speak the word and it's gone. But, Lord, for some of us, this is a deep, rooted hurt that has been there. We've been carrying this for years and years and years. And God, I just pray that even in this moment right now, that something would begin to happen, that something would begin to break, and that we would begin to see the freedom that you offer. Lord, I pray, I pray that you would help those that, God, God, I pray that we would get help if we need that that we would go talk to people, that we would figure this out. God, God, you have called us to live in freedom, not to carry this junk around with us. And so, Lord, we pray for those that need that today, that something supernatural would take place. Lord, we love you. Lord, we need you. We are desperate for you to move and you to do what only you can do. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. One final thing here before we're done. Please don't check out yet. There are some of us in this place and there are some watching this right now online where you you have never, you've never like submitted your life to God. See, God sent his son to die for you. Why? Because we are all sinners and we all need a savior. And there is nothing that you can do in your own power and in your own, God, in your own strength. There's nothing you can do to earn your way back to God. It's, it's this powerful moment that God did when he sent Jesus to die for you. And if, you'll, if you will like put your trust in him, if you put your faith in him, I'm telling you there is something so beautiful and significant that happens as you are reconciled with a perfect and a holy and a loving God. And maybe you're here today, maybe you're online right now and you're watching this and you would say, I have never done that. I've never made that decision for myself. I, I wanna ask you right now to just lift up your hand because I just wanna pray for you. I want to pray for you. Don't miss this moment. Don't miss this opportunity. If you're online, you can respond right now. You can respond. Click a little button. There's a little link there or something. You can figure that out. Anyone else? Anyone else that would say, this is me today. I need to do that. 
Church, can we pray? Let's pray together. Everyone in this place, help us out. Help those that raise their hand, that are help those that are responding online, and let's just pray together. Pray, Father God, I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins and change my life. In your name I pray. Amen, amen. Come on, put your hands together and let's celebrate that. God, we worship you. God, we thank you. You made that decision today for the first time. The Bible actually says that the angels in heaven are rejoicing. I love that picture of what that means and what that looks like. As you walk out these doors today, may you be very aware of some of the things that God is speaking and God is doing in your life. I pray and I, and I ask that as a church, we would be more and more like children in the way that we live and the way that we act. Amen.